have to understand, if we support the state of Israel, if anybody supports the state of Israel, it's a package deal. What we saw in Gaza over the last few weeks is part of that. The thousands of political prisoners, that's part of that. The racist laws, that's part of that. Denying children water because they're not Jewish, that's part of that. You can't only support the little bit of Israel that you like, the three or four peaceniks. If you support Israel, that's Israel. The only way to have a Jewish state or a so-called Jewish state in an Arab country is with all of that baggage. And anybody who supports it has to come clean and admit, I am a racist. I support a racist regime. I support the killing of, of innocent civilians. I support a state that has thousands of political prisoners. And that's who I am. I think in 10 years, people who today claim they support the state of Israel proudly will hide in some corner and hope nobody's watching. 16 bad arguments Zionists use. Number one, there's no such thing as Palestine. Well, let's look at some facts, shall we? So Palestine fell under British rule following the dismantling of the Ottoman Empire after World War I. The territory was allocated the name British Mandate of Palestine. The name Palestine is actually very old and dates back thousands of years. Oh, but wait, the Romans renamed Judea Palestine after expelling the Jews. Yes, this is true, but they simply returned a previously used name to the region, which had rebelled, and the Romans did this as part of their punishment and humiliation of the Jews. Even so, this was 2,000 years ago. Even if this were the case, this is more than enough time for a state to become legitimate. So going by this date, Palestine is still older than all European countries, not to mention the USA. Okay, so firstly, this is a non-starter because people living in this territory were already there and had been there for many centuries and even millennia. Whether it was under the Ottoman Empire or the British, it doesn't matter. They may not have been completely independent, but they lived on this territory without being abused. The Ottomans never mistreated them. The British, maybe in some instances, but mostly... I think the British mostly left them alone. It wasn't populated by Ottomans. And then when the British turned up, they removed the entire population and replaced it with British people. No, that's absurd. The people there were there and remained there. The rulers changed, not the people. Living in a land that is ruled by a foreign power does not negate the population. The Austro-Hungarian Empire was a mosaic of many nationalities and ethnicities. It's only the Zionists that decided they wanted a Jewish-only ethno-state, claiming exclusive rights to the land. And if they do tolerate anyone else, they are treated as second- or third-class citizens. Okay, number two. The Palestinian Arabs are the real colonizers. This is projection at its best. The Zionists are reversing the accusations of colonial settlement by claiming that Palestinians actually originate from Saudi Arabia and are not native to the Levant, therefore have no rights to the land. The Muslim conquest did originate in the Saudi Peninsula, but it was a military conquest that brought Islam to the Levant, the wider Middle East, and of course North Africa. It was not a migration. The Arab armies simply took control of these regions and converted the native populations. Not to mention that this happened 1400 years ago. So again, 
If it were true that Arabian peoples migrated or displaced the entire Levantine peoples, it's not relevant, simply because it was 14 centuries ago. The population has been settled for a very long time. Number three, the Palestinian Arabs were uncivilized, backwards, and the territory was an underdeveloped desert wasteland, or a dump, as Netanyahu puts it. Firstly, that's simply not true. Secondly, even if this were true, it's irrelevant. This does not give anyone the right to steal someone's land. How they choose to live and what society they've built, no matter how basic, is no one else's business. If my neighbor lives in a mud hut, does that give me the right to evict him and take his land? No, of course not. Number four, Jewish settlers brought industry, agriculture, and prosperity that attracted Arabs from the surrounding region, and thus they don't have any right to be there. Sure, but this is claiming that all Arabs migrated here, and the region was exclusively populated by Jews who built and developed an advanced society, something Arabs apparently are incapable of, according to the Zionists. This is incorrect. The region was always Arab, with a Jewish minority. And it's false. They, they were already a well-developed society. But again, this is not relevant. The levels of societal development has nothing to do with land rights. Number five. The Arabs rejected all land proposals for a Palestinian state. Again, this is incorrect, but let's look at this from a moral perspective. Why should the Palestinians accept any proposals? Why should they give up any land at all? Why should Europeans be allowed to settle in someone else's home? How is it that people from Europe can simply walk into Palestine and settle um, under some arbitrarily fabricated right conjured up by some radical ideologues? Yet people who are actually native to Palestine are excluded and denied access to their own homeland. This makes no sense. It's blatantly obvious who is native to Palestine, simply by observing physical traits. Despite all this, the Palestinians were still prepared to compromise and accept a two-state solution based on the 1967 borders. They had already lost territory from the original 1948 partition, which in itself was already a compromise. It's all Palestine. Number six. Why don't all the surrounding Arab countries take in the Palestinians? This is probably the dumbest argument ever. First of all, why should the Palestinians leave their homeland? Secondly, they already have. 60% of the Jordanian population is Palestinian. There are already millions of Palestinians in Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan, and Iraq. Not to mention the rest of the world. If the remaining Palestinians were to relocate to neighboring countries, this would only legitimize the Zionist occupation and allow them to fulfill their campaign of ethnic cleansing, which would progress to the next step because their plans don't stop at Palestine. They want everything from the Nile to the Euphrates. That is Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq, and part of Saudi Arabia. Number seven. Palestine was always a Jewish territory. Jews have inhabited this region. Yes, this is true. Jews have always lived there, but not exclusively. You see, Zionists want exclusive rights to the land. They do not want to share with anyone. They want a Jewish-only ethnostate. Jews were historically around 
3-7% of the population of Palestine. Palestinians were never a monolithic people. They were a nationality comprising of Muslims, Christians, Jews, and even other groups. So you see, Zionists are a very selfish people who don't want to share with anyone. They want to expel non-Jews, whereas Palestinians do not and have never discriminated against anyone for their religion. Palestinian Jews are absolutely native to Palestine, just like their Christian and Muslim neighbors, whom they lived with for centuries. Number eight. There is no genocide. The population of Gaza has increased. This is a fallacious argument because it downplays killing and reduces human life to statistics. By this logic, the Holocaust was not a genocide. Mass murder and ethnic cleansing is genocide. The attempt at removing the Palestinians from their homeland and stated intentions of the Zionists are genocidal. They want the Palestinians gone. They care not how. They simply want them out of historic Palestine. And their actions prove this. Number nine. It's the Arab countries that committed ethnic cleansing against the Jews. No, this is false. The Jews voluntarily left and went to the British Mandate of Palestine because of various incentives, such as free land. Also, many of these Arab countries were undergoing decolonization, making life very difficult. For example, in Morocco, where France and Spain had ruled for almost 100 years, food was in short supply, where the European colonizers were sending most of what was produced back to France leaving the local population with insufficient food. These were hard times, and anyone with an opportunity to leave did so. The Zionists allowed any Jews from anywhere the right to enter occupied Palestine and given citizenship. The opportunity for a better life was presented, and many accepted. They were not forcibly evicted from their homelands. In fact, many left secretly, as was the case in Morocco. In other cases, the Zionist agitators were busy creating false flags with fabricated terrorism in order to scare Jews into leaving their homes in Arab countries and migrate to Palestine, where they were promised safety. Number 10. This land was promised to the Jews by God. Okay, so 70% of Israelis are atheist. So this is laughable, right? They claim Zionism is secular and has no relation to Judaism. Yet if we look at the origins, it absolutely is rooted in the Jewish religion. All the proto-Zionists were rabbis, and all justifications refer to their religious texts. However, to sell the idea, they needed a secular approach, as many Jews did not support Zionism. So the truth is, Zionism is rooted in Judaism and heretical Christianity. These two ideologies became aligned in this idea, because both sought to accelerate the arrival and the return of the Messiah, respectively. These various Christians are the product of the Reformation, which essentially created a Judaized form of Christianity, most prominently visible in the dispensationalist circles. Christian Zionism makes the link between Abraham and 1948 Israel, believing today's Jews are the direct descendants 
of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that they remain God's chosen people. Somehow the Israelites of ancient times are the Jews of today. As if it's simply a birthright, and blood somehow makes them special. Nothing to do with their behavior. They completely ignore the New Testament and the Gospel of St. John, specifically. Prior to 1948, most Jews believed that a Jewish state would only be allowed after the arrival of their Messiah. Until then, it was forbidden. Number 11. Both sides are equally at fault. This is probably the most infuriating statement and a dismissal from those that claim to be neutral or simply can't be bothered to do a little research. They sit there and claim the moral high ground as if they were a mature arbiter or a referee calling for peace, assuming both sides are equally at fault, and it's just some pointless tit-for-tat, never-ending conflict. And one side should show maturity and stop retaliating, thus breaking the cycle of violence. This shows a complete lack of understanding. First of all, this isn't a war between two standing armies, each with their own sovereign state. There is no comparison or parity between the Israeli army and the various militias of Palestinians. They have no army, no navy, and no air force. All they have are militants with AK-47s, RPGs, and homemade rockets, and no heavy weapons or armored vehicles. Secondly, in this conflict, as with all conflicts, there is an aggressor and there is a defender. In this case, the Israelis are the aggressors. Okay, 75 years proves that. The Palestinians have nowhere to go. They've been pushed into a tiny strip of land known as Gaza. And in the West Bank, they are subjected to incremental land theft, a slow campaign of ethnic cleansing, where Jewish settlers quite literally evict Palestinians and steal their homes. Not to mention all the various checkpoints restricting their movements, destruction of water supplies, killing of livestock, uprooting of olive trees, and general harassment. And of course, the thousands held in administrative detention, including very young children. These daily abuses have consequences, and anyone who refuses to accept this is either blind or morally depraved. The problem started with the arrival of European Jewish settlers. It's really not complicated. If someone came to your house, evicted you, and then claimed it as theirs, killing half of your family in the process, would you be upset? I mean, what's wrong with people? Why is this so hard to understand? The Zionists have literally stolen an entire nation. They walked in under the guise of persecution, took advantage of the kindness of the Palestinians who welcomed them, helping them settle, only to be stabbed in the back. They were guests in someone else's house, only to evict them and claim it for themselves, killing and forcibly removing everyone who resisted. Again, how can anyone justify this? There is no Israel. It is Palestine. What's worse is Israel wants an exclusive Jewish ethnostate, so it's built on pure racism. Us and them. Number 12. Arabs have killed hundreds of thousands of other Arabs in Syria, Iraq, Leb Libya, and Yemen, and not a single protest. These were fires lit by the USA and Israel, using terrorist proxies such as ISIS, which served to destabilize the Middle East. The Assad government in Syria has been fighting Israeli-backed insurgents for 12 years. Assad has not been killing his own people, as the Western media claims. This is a flat-out lie. 
The so-called moderate rebels are ISIS. It is in fact the USA and Israel that have killed all these people, because they need to keep the Arab countries divided. This is the main reason Israel was planted smack bang in the middle of the Arab world. Number 13. It's Muslims versus Jews. Jews are always persecuted and Muslims want to kill every single Jew. They are just like Nazis. This is so incorrect, it's difficult to know where to begin. There is an important distinction between Israel and Palestine. The former aspires to be exclusively Jewish, whilst, while the latter is and always has been multi-faith. It is not Muslim versus Jew. It is white European settlers versus native Arabs. The native population simply want the colonizers to leave them in peace and return to Warsaw, Prague, Kiev, New York, and wherever else they came from. Number 14. Israelis are black, white, and brown, Muslim, Christian, and Jew. It's a democracy with diversity. Yes, there are Israelis of all colors. This is because white Jews from Europe, brown Jews from the Arab world, and black Jews from East Africa can all claim citizenship. However, the white European Ashkenazi Jews are at the top in what amounts to a class system where people are treated according to their skin color and ethnicity. Below the Jewish population are the Palestinians, who hold Israeli passports and reside within historic Palestine of pre-1948. These Palestinians survived the Nakba and remained on their land, but became subjects of the Israeli state. Although citizens of Israel, they are not subject to the same laws as the Jews are, but instead they are second class. According to Judaism, any Palestinians living in Israel can only exist as slaves to the Jews. All others must be exterminated. Number 15. All nations are built on genocide. Even if this were true, it would not justify Israel. This is a cop-out, an excuse for indifference. The USA was in part built on ethnic cleansing. You can make that argument, absolutely. However, it doesn't make it right, nor does it mean we should simply accept this as an unfortunate fact of life. This happened well over 150 years ago, whilst Israel continues to and is committing ethnic cleansing in real time. So the question is, if America was still in the process of removing the natives today, would we accept it? I think the answer is no. Bad things took place in the past, yes. We can't change that. However, we can stand up to immoral behavior that is happening right now. Number 16. If Hamas were to lay down their weapons, there would be peace. Hamas are only present in Gaza, which although is under blockade, does not have any IOF or Israelis present, thus allowing Palestinians to go about their daily lives unmolested. This cannot be said for the West Bank, which is largely occupied by the IOF, who constantly harass and humiliate the Palestinians, and facilitate land expropriation and property theft. In other words, Palestinians in the West Bank are at the mercy of the IOF, and could be made homeless at any time. So Hamas at least offers some level of protection to the population in Gaza. If they were to disappear... Gaza would be slowly cleansed, as we see in the West Bank. 
So this is a complete lie. If anything, there would be peace if the IOF were to stop its mistreatment and assisting in robbing the Palestinians of their land. An abusive, alcoholic husband should not act surprised if his wife retaliates when given the opportunity. We had several other uh, people in the country, even among the Jews, the Zionists particularly, who were against anything that was to be done if they couldn't have the whole of Palestine and everything handed to them on a silver plate so they wouldn't have to do anything. It couldn't be done. We had to take it in small doses. You can't move uh, five or six million people out of a country and fill it up with five or six million more and expect both sets of them to be pleased.